Election day has become election months. Representative Eric Swallow has been caught in an intimate relationship with a Chinese spy, and more and more states are talking about the possibility of seceding from the union. Welcome back to another episode of the Levi Erickson Show. We have a ton of news to get to today, so let's just dive right into it. First, an election update because there's actually been a lot of developments throughout the last week on the election. For one, Texas has filed a lawsuit, including 17 other states who are backing that lawsuit. Uh, that are trying to get the Supreme Court to actually rule on a case in Pennsylvania to actually throw out Pennsylvania as a whole in, in, in their electoral votes because their procedures don't match the, uh, the their, their own standards. So basically what Texas is arguing is, hey, you guys have this law and you guys didn't actually keep up that law. So your election is kind of null and void at that point. However, that brought up some really difficult legal challenges for Texas. So that was pretty much just tossed out by the Supreme Court immediately in a nine to zero ruling, which was a good ruling in my opinion, because of the legal arguments that Texas was making. I feel like there was a, there's a better legal argument to be made to say that, hey, we all have to be under some sort of the same uh, standards of election results if we're going to all be voting for somebody who's going to represent all of us. But that's not really the case that Texas was making. They were saying that, hey, you guys have this these election laws, boom, 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 boom. You guys didn't keep up those election laws here, so you guys should just – your election results shouldn't be counted. The problem with that is the kind of precedent that sets in future states' disagreements. Let's say California decides that they're having a, a – they don't like a, a different state's law. All they could say is that that state's law isn't, is, isn't being kept up to standards and it's having an indirect effect on California. One of the common arguments that's been used recently is the idea that California could look at a place that has uh, stricter abortion laws, like say um, Virginia for that, or or, uh, or any other place for that matter. Anyway, any place with stricter abortion laws, and they could just say, "Look, you guys, your guys' strict abortion laws is resulting in people coming to our state and overburdening our medical system to actually fulfill these abortions." So that was a really difficult legal challenge. Uh, by Texas. Uh, it was being supported by many other states that went red in this election, but we'll see if that's actually able to, if they're going to refile or change their argument in any way. But that was a huge development this week. Uh, Pennsylvania is actually on, tra- on track to maintain the current results after the Supreme Court rejected another hearing out of uh, Pennsylvania from the Trump legal team that were trying to uh, argue again that the Pennsylvania votes shouldn't be counted under similar uh, circumstances that Texas was filing their lawsuit. And lastly, the most promising thing that came out of the uh, for the Trump campaign this week is that in Georgia, where one of the, the suits that was filed is actually looks pretty likely to uh, be able to overturn the election results in Georgia. They actually have enough names and affidavits of, of, of illegal votes counted in Georgia that might be able to actually overturn the uh, the current lead that Biden has on Trump in Georgia. However, that doesn't really matter unless you're actually able to find uh, enough voter fraud in places like Pennsylvania and Arizona and Michigan and Wisconsin, because without those other states involved, uh, it won't actually change the grand scheme of things. So that's unfortunate. Also, a lot of things happening in Georgia, not other than other than the presidential races uh, with these Senate races. They have these two uh, senators that are actually going to be able to determine whether or not Republicans maintain hold of the Senate. And it's been a really controversial issue on the right right now because a lot of 
Georgia voters feel disenfranchised by how the voting election system has gone. And they think, well, why even bother? Why even go out and vote? And so that's been a huge problem for the, the, the Republicans is they're saying, no, no, you need to go out and vote because if we don't have enough Republicans to go out and vote, they're, we're going to lose the Senate too. And then we're in a really, really bad situation where the Democrats have the House, the Senate, and the presidency. And that's a super dangerous situation that we do not want to happen. We want to be able to hold on to the Senate so that the Republicans have some sort of control on where the legislation goes in the next two years. Um, with If they are able to hold the, the Senate and the House and the presidency, there's really nothing to stop them from being able to impose whatever radical views they have. So Georgia voters need to go out and vote in masses. They need to get out and vote despite the fact that there, there's there's a lot of uh, uh, distrust in the election procedures right now. Vote first, and then if there's legal issues there, we can, we can address them like we're addressing right now, like the Trump campaign is actually doing right now to possibly overturn the election results in Georgia. But first, you need to vote. Overwhelm the voting system. Or vote early. Vote vote as much as possible so that the Republican votes are solidified so much that even if you do believe in there's a, a, enough voter fraud to change anything, if you overwhelm the, the system, it, it won't it won't be able to, uh, it'll be much harder to actually change the election results uh, with any fraudulence or in any way. But well, despite all these election things, and a lot of Republicans are really upset, They're, they feel disenfranchised, they feel like all their efforts are for nothing. They believe that that Donald Trump truly won the election and that it was stolen from him. I don't really see that. But what is interesting to point out is that there is millions and millions of people all across the country that do believe in that. And where are the riots? I mean, the left, every time that they have anything not go their way, they act like children and they loot and burn and destroy per- private property and physically assault people. But over the entire, there's the entire country... Uh, half the country feels like they had the election stolen from them and there's no riots. There's been protests, some of them I disagree with, but they haven't been riots on the scale that we've seen on the left for any of the things that have happened to them that they go, oh, this is so unfair, this is so unjust, and then they go and burn down cities. No, the right doesn't act the same way. We don't act like children. That's a good thing. And it's important for us to note the differences between how the right reacts when they get a decision that, that seems unfair, that seems like, that they've had the election just stolen from them and they feel like they've been disenfranchised, that they're not acting like children and just burning down everything. So that's really important to note. However, that doesn't mean that the right isn't upset. They're just, they're doing it different ways. One of the discussions that's been happening recently, especially in places like Texas, is the possibility of seceding from the union, which is huge. I mean, the, 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 basically what's happening is people are, are in the spot right now where they feel like the, the federal government doesn't really represent their values. That they're having the federal government constantly imposing on them all of their beliefs, all of their all of their values on everyone else, and they feel like, well, this isn't this isn't the country I want to live in anymore. This isn't I don't want to live in a country where the federal government gets to come in and and tell my state how it's going to operate, what kind of values we're going to cherish, what kind of institutions we're going to hold. So the, the, the discussions of seceding from the union is actually kind of scary, as as the country feels more and more divided. And we're going to be talking about hopefully uh, some remedies to that. But it's it's really sad to see that so many states are, are feeling like they just, they just can't trust their federal government anymore. And part of this is due to this, 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 these basically overblown proportion of, of Democrats and, and the left basically turning every politician and public health official into a superstar. Over the last week, Anthony Fauci has become superstar Anthony Fauci, and he's going on all these talk shows, and he's been put on the, the 
picture of the the front of all these different magazines is like some sort of king and some sort of celebrity like god character and it's really disgusting to see personally because i i don't even have a problem with anthony fauci i think he's doing the best job he can do with the information he's given but i think a lot of this is going to his head and it's really annoying to see a public health official who's supposed to be just giving us the facts giving us the information we need but instead he's too busy trying to make himself into some sort of celebrity which is getting rather obnoxious if i'm going to be honest um and with all these different politicians who are are thinking themselves as so self-righteous from gavin newsom to 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 anthony fauci all these different politicians and and public health officials it's all those power seems to be going to their head And, and so much so that like i mentioned last week they're they're enabling policies that they're not even following themselves they're saying that you guys you guys can't go out and eat that's too dangerous but i can you guys can't go and hang out and have a Thanksgiving dinner with your family. But I can because I'm Gavin Newsom and I am Andrew Cuomo and I am above all of you uh, lesser people. That's their mindset. And so I, I honestly don't understand why anyone would listen to a policy that isn't even being pursued by its most the, – their biggest supporters. Like why would I – uh, want to not want to go out to eat if I'm seeing the the governor who's telling everyone not to go out to eat go out and eat why should I li- ha- live by different standards than that guy if he's so if he's so worried he's telling everyone that it's so dangerous to go out and eat at a restaurant you cannot do it it is really dangerous stay home do not have big Thanksgiving dinners but then they're having these these family dinners they're having these 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 dinners at these fancy restaurants why shouldn't I be able to is it is it somehow more dangerous for me than it is for him that doesn't seem right so. I don't follow any policies that the biggest supporters of those policies don't even follow themselves because I'm not going to be governed by people who don't who think they're above the laws and policies that they say that they set themselves. And it's just not fair to the average citizen to say, this is a policy I'm going to make all of you guys do. Not me. I'm going to do my own thing. I'll do whatever I want. I'm going to assess my own risk level and do my own thing. But you guys, you guys are are too inferior to actually assess your own risk level and determine if it's actually a really danger for you to actually go out and eat no i'm going to make that decision for you don't go out and eat but i'm going to go out and eat it's it's really hypocritical and it's getting really obnoxious another really great story that's happened this week not for the country but it's just entertaining to me is eric swalwell has had an intimate relationship with a chinese spy which wouldn't be funny because it's it's a national security crisis other than the fact that eric swalwell was criticizing trump for basically russian collusion for the past four years and he's going on and on and on about how he's working with the russians and he's in bed with the russians and that's how he was able to get uh into office and it turns out eric swallow is literally in bed with the chinese so that's fantastic uh the chinese spy uh she was actually working with many politicians throughout her her spy career in the united states and the fbi was able to uh, pinpoint her as one of the uh infiltrators of of the american society and the american political system so Eric Swalwell had an intimate relationship with her and we're uncertain what kind of information he may have shared with her. But it's not looking good because when he was actually asked uh, information about the story, if he could actually relay some of the things that went down and actually discuss discuss the, uh, the, the details of their conversations, he said he couldn't because it's a national security issue. And that's not a good sign if you're trying to figure out, well, is there, did you actually talk about any national security issues? And he says... Uh, I can't talk about that because we talked about national security issues is basically what he's saying. So that's not looking good at all. Um, but 
Eric Swalwell is another another politician who is a big hypocrite who just likes to uh, portray his his political enemies as as these villains villainous creatures who are working with these shady dealings when he in fact knowingly or not was literally in bed with the Chinese government a Chinese spy relaying national security information to the Chinese so that's really scary to see. Uh, another big breaking news this week is Hunter Biden actually announced he's under tax investigation, which is really funny because uh, I don't know if you guys remember this, but about a month ago, the New York Post actually was banned from like all social media platforms because they shared a story that Hunter Biden might be doing some shady stuff with his uh, finances and his business dealings. And everyone was like, well, that there's no evidence to back that up, even though there was. And they said, oh, there's no evidence of that. So we can't, we're just going to block this story. We're going to downgrade this story. If we're Facebook, we're going to just completely ban your account if we're Twitter. But now we're finding out that uh, he's actually having all these tax questions being brought against him and tax investigations brought against him for his business dealings in, in foreign countries. So um, that's really exciting to see that Hunter Biden actually might be able to face some legal trouble through all of this. But it's funny that all this is is uh, now being accepted as is fact when the New York Post talked about it like a month ago and everyone just rolled their eyes at the New York Post when it turns out they weren't just making stuff up. Um, another one of the huge biggest things that happened this week is the execution of Brandon Bernard. He was given the death penalty after a crimes he committed about 20 years ago. Um, essentially what happened is he was involved in this, 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 this crime where they abducted these, these couple and they burned them in their car and they shot them. And it's a pretty disgusting uh, story, actually. Um, but basically, the argument was being made that he shouldn't face the death penalty because it was, had been such a long time. He was a kid then. He's not a kid now. He was like a 17-year-old man. Um, personally, I, I think that um, the, the death penalty is just bad all across the board. I don't like using the death penalty. I don't think it's a good policy. I don't think it's a good way to enforce uh, legal law. And I don't trust the government with that power overall. That's my main reason I don't like the death penalty. I just don't like the government having the ability to kill its own citizens. That's just as general rule of thumb, regardless of whatever heinous crime you did, I think you would it'd be better for that person to be serve their, their life in, in life in prison. And then they have that opportunity to prove themselves innocent if they were actually wrongly convicted of that crime. It gives them their whole life to actually disprove what the government is actually alleging against them. Um, but that has been a debate that has been brought up because of this uh, Brandon Bernard issue. Joe Biden, for one, has actually said that he's going to try to uh, overturn the death penalty, get rid of it in the federal level. We'll see if that actually uh, trickles down to the state level. There's there's only a few states anymore that really actively use the death penalty, but um, I would like to see it gone rid of completely, despite the fact that I do think the people that commit these types of crimes are horrendous and that they definitely do deserve death. I just don't trust the government to wield that power. And so that it's it's more of a, a libertarian issue for me than it is a, uh, a moral issue because I don't really have a problem putting like child rapists to death. It's more of the fact that I'm worried that the government could misuse that power as they have in the justice system for a very long time. The last thing I wanted to talk about today is is what will bring us together again. And I've talked about this before with this idea of, of bringing us together in, in, in unity. But because of all the things that have happened in the election and everyone feels disenfranchised with their think that their vote doesn't matter, that their word is being crushed by on social media, that everyone's being censored, that there's different companies that, that you feel like you can't even go to the store anymore without being 
uh, having their, their politics shoved down your throat. You can't turn on a basketball game or a football game without feeling that the entire thing is just a big show of political uh, chaos that you can't really be a part of. And I feel like that's really damaging for the country because we're losing every single bit of our country that we used to build to unify on. I talked about before how we used to have social media as a platform to get on and talk and different discuss different ideas. But now the right is having their 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 voices censored on these social media pro, uh, uh, different platforms and they're having to go to conservative platforms. And so now you're having conservative and liberal platforms and then you're going to have con- you're having conservative and liberal sports even. Now conservatives don't feel comfortable watching uh, football games or basketball games anymore because they just get pushed all these left-leaning slogans down their throat the entire time. So they, they turn on hockey where that's not being shoved down their throat as much. And, and when you're going shopping and Nike has all these different shoes and different programs pushing their political agenda and you're like, okay, well, I don't feel comfortable shopping there anymore. I'm going to shop somewhere else. The right and the left are just shopping, engaging in, in activities and using different platforms more and more and more until I'm, I'm getting scared that we're getting to the point where there might even be like conservative uh, credit card companies and liberal credit card companies and that every part of American life is going to be politicized and it's going to drive us up a wall. And so you might be asking yourself, okay, well, how do we actually get back to that? Well, first of all, we need to make politics way less important than it is right now. People think politics is like the most important thing in life. And that's really damaging because if that's the most important thing in life and you meet a person who has different political views than you, that is the most important thing. And you can't be friends with that person anymore because that is your highest value. If you if you could actually look at a person and relate to them in a way that had something to do other than politics, if you could relate to them and say, oh, me and him like the same sports team. Oh, me and him uh, go to the same church. Uh, me and him, uh, we, we work together. We we uh, do business together. We're, we're we're friends on Facebook. Or on, we're on uh, we we chat on on Twitter. If you actually have those platforms and those engaging those areas where they're not politicized, where you can just watch a basketball game without having all these slogans shoved down your throat, then you and him can can actually bond over that sport. You can bond over the social media. You can bond over your business dealings. You can bond over these things. You can bond in your churches, your communities. All these things are great. But if everything becomes politicized and politics becomes the number one value, you can't engage with these people anymore. And and the country is just going to be more and more divided. So how do we fix that? Stop politicizing everything, number one. And number two, make politics way less important than it is. And number three, and probably the most important, don't try to make your government, your political ideology on everyone else. What I mean by that is if you have a policy, if you have an idea, if you have a value, right? Don't try to just shove that down everyone else's throat. The government needs to be in a in a form that doesn't actually just impose its will on everyone else because then you feel like you just need to leave that government. You feel like the government doesn't represent you. If you have a government that just protects you and protects your, your fellow citizen and that's all it does, then you're, you and him have equal uh, footing in this government. It, it does the equal amount of work for both of you. But if you actually live in a in a country where your government doesn't just protect you, it actually comes into your life and says, hey, uh, you can't actually participate in this activity in your church. Sorry, that's not allowed. Uh, sorry, we're not going to let you uh, uh, have your have your say anymore. You, we're going to label whatever you say hate speech. You're not able to talk in that way anymore. Hey, I know you you wanted your church to have these like these uh, different exclusions. You don't want your business to be forced to provide uh, abortions for your medical clinic. You don't want to have your insurance policy cover abortions because you're a religious person. 
sorry, that's not allowed anymore. Then you get into a territory where your government is imposing its will on you and you just have to rebel. You have to get out of there. And then no one feels like their government unifies them anymore. It doesn't feel like it represents them anymore. We don't have sports that unifies us. We don't have a government that represents all of us. We don't have social media platforms that we can all discuss on. And everyone goes to their own chambers. Everyone goes to their own echo chambers. Everyone goes to their own sports and and, and politics. And no one actually intermingles anymore. And then we have two countries. And we're not unified anymore. So my message to everyone that's watching this is to try to make politics less important in your life. Try to bond with people to things that are more important than politics, which is a lot of things that are. And um, basically love your neighbor. Because if you can't love your neighbor, you're, we don't have a country anymore. Or at least, even if you don't love your neighbor, at least just ignore your neighbor. Just let him do his thing and you do your thing. Because... We're going to meet people that we don't necessarily want to love in this world, but we can at least just ignore them. Thank you for tuning in. Please like, share, and uh, subscribe. It really help the show out. I appreciate you guys tuning in. That is all we have this week. We're also going to have next week, we're going to have a episode of Why Christ airing and my personal testimony I'm going to be airing sometime this week. And then hopefully in the next month, we're going to have our debunked series airing for the first time. Really excited about that. Hope you guys will tune in for that too. Uh, my name is Levi Erickson, and this is The Levi Erickson Show. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and share with your friends. Also, please check out our other Leviticus Studios productions, including the Debunk series, Bias Free News, and Why Christ. The Levi Erickson Show is produced by Wyatt Winfield and Peyton Hovilla. Music by River Erickson and Andrew Montgomery.